This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. We don't want these long waiting lists at our hospitals. We don't want crime and antisocial behaviour going up. I know how important this is and that's why at the beginning of the year I made a speech and I set out my five priorities for the country that I wanted to deliver as your Prime Minister. A new poll suggests that three quarters of Britons say long NHS waiting lists, rising taxes, strikes and inflation fueling the cost of living crisis are making the UK a worse place to live. The Ipsos survey for the Evening Standard will make uncomfortable reading for the Conservatives as Rishi Sunak receives his lowest satisfaction score as Prime Minister. The government has also sunk to a record low on how its stewardship of the economy is perceived. It also scored dismally on taxation, public expenditure, improving the health service, dealing with crime and managing immigration. Key findings include 76% of respondents saying they think Britain's becoming a worse place to live compared to 49% in June 2010 at the start of the Cameron and Osborne austerity years. And this comes as we prepare to get into an election cycle within 18 months. While regarding general election voting intentions, Labour are on 45%, down two points. The Tories on 28%, up three points. And the Liberal Democrats are at 12%, down one point. Ipsos interviewed 1,065 adults in Britain between July the 19th and 23rd. And we'll hear more about their data gathering process a bit later in this episode to unpick what this bombshell poll means for the government and the opposition. The Leader podcast is joined by Kieran Pedley, Research Director at Ipsos. Kieran, what is the relevance of today's research? The key takeaways from uh, today's research are just the, the hole that the Conservatives are in. 
The public mood is very pessimistic. So three quarters of the public say that Britain is getting worse as a place to live. And when you dig under the skin of why that is, it's pretty clear why, which is that the public think that the government are doing a bad job on some of the, the key issues that are most important to them. The key ones are that eight in 10 think that the government are doing a bad job improving the NHS. Three quarters think the government are doing a bad job at both improving the cost of living or dealing with the cost of living, but also managing immigration. And a key stat is that 69% think the government are doing a bad job managing the economy. And that one is particularly important because it's the highest level of dissatisfaction with the government uh, managing the economy generally that we've seen since we started tracking these questions in 1998. So I think we, we can go into the detail of, of you know Labour versus Tory, who's up, who's down, Rishi Sunak's poll ratings. But I think the key point is that the public mood right now is very pessimistic. And that's the backdrop under which Rishi Sunak is seeking re-election, presumably next year. How do things like intention to vote change when we get closer to an election? Because that must be really hard to make any kind of accurate forecast on how people are going to vote 12 to 18 months down the line. How do you see that will change in terms of people saying one thing and doing another? Well, the first thing to say is we're very clear that the polls we put out today, so for example, we have uh, Labour 17 points ahead of the Conservatives in in your poll uh, today. Um, That is a snapshot in time. That is is today if there was an election tomorrow. And of course, there isn't. So we're not making any judgments per se on the certainty of the next general election result, although that there are there are sort of indicators we can look at, which maybe we'll come to. This will give you an idea of the direction of uh, the direction of travel. But really, I think the traditional view was that opposition has tended to have large poll leads in the middle of a parliament, and then things would get closer as polling day uh, uh, you know, got, got closer itself. Um, I think that there's been such instability at the moment in Britain with sort of several general elections in a short space of time and real turbulence in terms of uh, voter attachment to different parties following Brexit, that it's, it's very difficult to say that whether the patterns that we've seen in the past will be replicated in the future. But it's not unreasonable to think that polls will narrow. But of course, that depends on the wider environment, as I say. And um, Rishi Sunak will hope that public mood uh, gets a bit more positive closer to a polling day. What do we know about Rishi Sunak's satisfaction rating compared to his predecessors, Johnson, Trust, May and Cameron? So it's going in the wrong direction. I think the important point here is that whilst there are multiple parties, as we know, in, in UK politics, uh, fundamentally, it's a binary choice between Labour and Conservatives, at least in terms of who's going to form the government. You know, I want to be very clear. I'm very aware that there's the Lib Dems, Greens, SNP and so on. Lots of different parties people can vote for. The reason I bring that up, though, is that whilst you can look at Rishi Sunak's ratings in isolation, and I think his net rating off the top of my head is something like minus 37. So that means when you subtract the dissatisfied from the satisfied. So he's in negative territory. That's not a good score. But at the same time, he's up against Keir Starmer. Now, what we find at the moment is that Keir Starmer's personal poll ratings aren't especially impressive for a leader of the opposition. But he's up against a very unpopular government and a very pretty unpopular prime minister. So the point is, it's not just about the satisfaction ratings of Rishi Sunak alone in isolation. It's about the relative position of him and Keir Starmer. At the moment, to put some numbers to that, when we ask people who they think would make the most capable prime minister, Keir Starmer's ahead by five points from 36 to 31. Of course, that can change. So I think there'll be intense scrutiny in the next uh, year or so about who is best placed to lead the country moving forward. Can you just break down what is this word satisfaction that you will take to people and and use? What what is that word satisfaction as a metric? 
So one of the things that we'll do is we'll ask people um, how satisfied or dissatisfied they are with how the government's running the country, how Rishi Sunak is doing his job as prime minister, but also how Kistama is doing his job as leader of the opposition. And that's something that we've done with various prime ministers, governments, leaders of the opposition, um, going back to Margaret Thatcher's time, essentially, or just before, actually, um, in 1979. And with Rishi Sunak, what we see this month is that 63% are dissatisfied with the job he's doing as prime minister. That's the highest level that we've seen for him since he took office. He's not been in office a long time, but the direction of travel, the trend, as it were, we always say as pollsters is important, and it's a, it's a pessimistic trend for him at the moment. Let's go to the ads coming up. How polling data's gathered, and if there's fresh appetite for an alternative voting system, why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? 
or online. You've got to be ever vigilant. But at the same time, I'll stick up for the industry as you expect me to do. I still think it's good to have independent pollsters out there who are trying to give a sort of unvarnished view, unbiased view about what the public think, rather than through the prism of you know supporting or opposing the government. Have you done any recent polling on people's appetite for a new type of electoral system? So we haven't done anything recently. I, mean, I think from memory, and it is, a, it is from memory, the public tends to be quite split on that. I think the idea of, quote unquote, fairer votes or proportional representation, when you present it in a certain way, has its appeals. But of course, the challenge when you're trying to change anything quite fundamental is to get very specific. And so once you start putting individual voting systems in front of people, then they can be attacked or, or criticised and it becomes a bit more difficult. I don't sense that it's a, a public priority at the moment. I suspect it would get quite partisan in the event that, um, let's say, for argument's sake, there's a Labour government supported by the Liberal Democrats and they want to they want to change the voting system. The Conservatives oppose it. I suspect once you put that partisan lens on things and people sort of retreat to their party leanings. Um, so not, not clamouring for it, but of course, you know, things do change in politics. And Westminster is one of many types of elections that we have at the moment, isn't it? Of course, you know, Scotland and elsewhere um, have their own versions of PR of sorts. So um, it's not unusual for the UK, but it doesn't feel imminent. I guess we'll have to wait and see. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Tuesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.